There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, the do I. Right now on the Power Chord Hour, I'm very stoked to be talking to singer and guitarist of the band who put out my favorite album of 2022. Very fitting to be having him on here. It is Leo from the band Reminders making his return to the show. We got lots to talk about. There's new music to talk about. Going on tour with another great band, Love Breakers, his project Transatlantics, tons more, and probably talk about the record that uh, I love so very much. So we're going to get into it all with Leo now. Leo, how you been, man? Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be back. I've been good. I've, it's been a very, uh, 2022 was a crazy year for a whole variety of different reasons. Um, but yeah, I think I'm ready for 2023 and I'm feeling really, feeling really good, man. 2022 was the most amazing year of my life. So I'm ready to do it all over again. I guess, I guess for like people listening, if you want to like give a last time you and I talked, the album had just come out. So this is like right when best of beach punk came out. Like the okay. rest of the year, what what was kind of going on in the world of reminders? I mean, did you guys get a chance to play much out? Did you get to do much like later on after after we spoke with you? Yeah, I think I think we spoke before we left for, for the tour. So we would so. you and I would have had a chat and then we would have left for the Best of Beach Punk tour, which was cool. It was interesting. We went to some interesting places and met some interesting people um and that was amazing really fun and it was felt amazing to like have a record out and be touring a record and then so we did that and then shortly thereafter i sort of went a little bit awol because i joined uh love breakers and grade two um on the social distortion tour so nice. so yeah i sort of spent my summer touring europe um with love breakers and ended up you know being in the band with them and playing fucking arenas and shit and it was just insane oh yeah so then i did that and then um yeah so it was it was a crazy year it was sort of like we put this record out and the intention was to fully focus on this record and then life sort of took me in another direction and i and i had to do it but um but yeah then towards the end of the year we started working on new music and um and yeah, we're just sort of like ready to get all that out. And I think, you know, the record came out in April, but I remember saying to you last time I was on that it was written when I was 17, 18, 19, um, and I'm 22 now. So I think I'm very excited to get something a little bit more current that feels like it represents me now out there. So that's the focus now. No, I, I do remember that. I was, I was just thinking about when we were talking about, like you, like you were saying, like it was great to get the record out into the world. It, it popped in my head because I was like, if I recall, yeah, it was not like you recorded the album and it came out right away. That was an album you just it took a while to like come out. So I'm sure there was like an extra side of like, oh fuck, this is finally out. I'm sure, I'm sure that added to it for the point that it, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like you recorded it and it was out next day. That that sat a while. You had to wait a while to get it out. It was a long time, man. It was years, really. But, you know, I think that the first song we did was, I don't know, Post Paris Blues. Yeah, Post Paris Blues it would have been. And that we recorded that in 2019. Maybe the end of 2018. I mean, it was a long time coming. And, and yeah, and it was a bit of like a Frankenstein record. It wasn't recorded as an album. And yeah, so, you know, I'm super proud of it. I love that album and, you know. And which I got to I got to throw some credit to you too about that because that was another thing we talked about how it was kind of like you know it wasn't all just recorded in one sitting and everything it feels very focused that was something for a, a shameless plug if people haven't listened to my top ten albums of a 2022 podcast I mean I talk a lot about this record but like a huge I need to listen, huge, I've listened to it yeah I have to listen to that if you want to hear me just kiss your ass for like 20 yeah, minutes ego. like yeah. <laughs> If you just want an ego boost, dude, I'd say I'd say go listen to that podcast. But like okay, that was okay. one of the things I was talking about was like it does feel like a very it feels like a record. It doesn't feel like a collection of songs to me, even though I know, like you said, I mean, it is kind of a collection in a lot of ways. And it was, you know, like it was recorded on and off and, and written at different times. But it doesn't mm. feel that way. It feels like it was all kind of written in that one sitting, like every, everything meshes really well. 
which sometimes it couldn't. That could also be disastrous. And it might be like, oh, it feels like you like kind of this song was from five years ago and this song was from like this year. It didn't feel that way at all, which is good. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm relieved to hear that. I think, um, <laughs> you know, I think with this band, I know the songs I'm trying to write and the sound that I'm trying to get. And um, I have, I'm lucky, very lucky to have two people in the band that trust me with it and are, are happy to sort of roll with it. And um, and yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased that you feel that way. But I think also I'm really excited at the prospect of doing the next record or a next record and, and making sure it fit, really feels like an album. And I think by the way things are done in 2023, is you don't sort of go in a well i don't know in my experience across the board seldom do i go into a studio for a couple of months and make an entire record you know you sort of it's drips and drabs and you know so i think it's a, it's an interesting way of making an album but i think there's probably been a million albums now made that way so i don't think we're we're unique but you know yeah i think it was an interesting way of doing it but i'm really excited to sort of not put it behind us because that sounds negative but you know just sort of like you know that's 10 songs okay they're 10 fucking songs and we can do more and i've written loads of songs and i just want people to hear the new shit and you know i think that's sort of um it's a double-edged sword isn't it not like being uh, a songwriter and you know trying my hardest to become a prolific songwriter too where i can write you know a song like that um which again i think we spoke about last time um you know it means that i'm sat on loads of songs and i just want to get them out well, I mean, I can't blame you because, I mean, again, like thinking about it, it's like it's not it's so weird because it's like in a way while wow, this record just came out and not even technically a year ago entirely like it isn't it hasn't even hit its one year anniversary yet. But like like we're talking about, these are songs that you had for so long that it's not like, oh, I just wrote all these songs last year and now I kind of want to break. I mean, these songs were well written so long ago. I'm sure you're ready to get more stuff out in the world like it almost I'm sure it feels differently like again. Um, for for us listeners, the album's still fairly new. For you, God no, these songs these songs go to your back to your teenage years. Oh my god! <laughs> we I mean we've been playing Seaside Scampi. I can remember one of the first times we played that song, and we were at, we were at a pub called uh, it was called um, Little Johnny Russell's. Was, I think it's changed its name now, but that's what it was called. It's in Portsmouth. It's a cool pub, and um, I was maybe I had just turned seventeen. Or I, I, maybe I was 16, and I remember playing it. I remember it, I also remember it being awful. I remember my guitar being like totally out of tune, but I couldn't hear anything. And I remember being like, "This doesn't sound quite right." And then being told afterwards that it was basically a fucking shambles. But um, yeah. So you know, so I'm not gonna beat around the bush here. When we have to play that song live, I'm a bit like, oh, my heart sinks a bit. I'm like, oh fuck, like uh, you know, this isn't you know, I about it's because I wrote it, but I find it there's something a bit cringy about it, you know, singing having to sing something you wrote when you were, you know, 15 or 16 or 17 or whatever it was with any. I mean, if I'm being honest with you, I mean, if I think of things that I wrote at 17, like, I mean, you know, I remember teenage bands and things I did. I I would never, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I mean, though, also to your credit, your songs are much better than the things I was writing at 17, (laughs) but I do get where you're coming from where it's like, yeah, I wrote this so long ago. Like I, like, you might connect with it in a certain way, but I'm sure you don't connect with that song like you did when you wrote it. Like you're just not like, the same person. No, exactly. I remember. I remember how. It, I remember writing it and wh- who it was about and what it was about and and I and I. You know, that's what's so like cool and exciting about writing songs is that like it's um it's like a message in a bottle or like a bit of a time capsule. You know, it's like a it's a flow of consciousness. It's like a you know that is sort of uh fossilized in a way the way i felt on that day when i wrote it and um i think that's like a really beautiful thing especially for somebody as you know soft and sentimental as as i can be i think you know i I relish that but also when you're you know trying to impress a room of 200 people or whatever it is um and it and you know harry does the and the songs in i'm just sort of like shit here we go i'm talking about you know a 15 year old girl again Oh man! I was yeah, when I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, I I can totally I can totally see it. And again, like you you're in this, it's kind of this interesting position because again, it's like people hear a lot of these songs and they do feel new to them and like everything. But it's like no, like this was you've been you've been living these songs so long and you've had them for so long. It's like you know I, I'm I'm sure the next batch will be more of you know you you currently. 
But like also, also with that, like with lyrics and kind of just writing about whatever you're writing about, whatever subject it may be, like, do you find yourself, can you write about something like right after it's whatever it is, like after it occurred, or do you need to sit with something and you feel, you, do you get what I'm saying? Like, do you almost yeah. write about things years after the fact, or can you write something about them like as they're happening or as that feeling's fresh? I think the fresher, the better. I think it's quite hard to, um, well, for me, this is just for me, but I find it quite difficult to go back and tap into an emotion. Uh, although although I feel like once you've experienced an emotion, you, you can, to a certain extent, go back to it and remember how, how it feels. But um, if you want something that's authentic, I feel like you just have to tackle it head on. Although I was speaking to my friend, um, a guy called Troy, who plays in a Canadian band called Altamida, very good friends of mine. Uh, we were chatting yesterday and I sent him this new demo and uh, I just said, I sort of have this tendency to catastrophize my life. So sort of take something like quite minor maybe and like uh, use it as a, um, as, as a sort of storyline or like, you know, the, the genesis of a song, which I think is, uh, is quite funny because it's, uh, it's a practical thing, really. It's like a, it's a way of making a song when there, there isn't one, but it does make you seem to the outside world like you're de delusionally emotional because you'll be <laughs> sort of writing this heartbreaking song about the most minor situation <laughs> uh, but you know i think in a way maybe that's a skill or maybe i'm flattering myself i'm not sure no it's a skill i was honestly just about to say that because i've heard i've heard people talk about this i want to say like one that comes to mind like i love i love uh like less than jake their their old drummer Vinny. he wrote a lot of their lyrics i think he's a great lyricist and I, I've heard him talk about that, where it's like, I think, I think the the talent of being an artist or a songwriter or whatever is like taking like a really simple five minute conversation you had with somebody and somehow making that into a song and making it like really you do you got to kind of blow it up like you have to yeah. like you take that one small event may you know you have to blow that shit up like it it, it makes yeah. it like so much bigger than what it is. But if you're just writing really simply about say just a simple conversation with someone or just really matter of fact i don't think it hits the same i think you have to like make everything a catastrophe and kind of be a little dramatic like i feel like that is talent so no i think that is a skill i, I don't think i don't think you're uh blowing smoke up your own ass there i do i think well, that's important to lyrics well the, the sort of um we well, i think we touched on this last time but the the sort of uh another toxic trait of mine is to name songs after girls or people but mostly historically it's been girls so if you sort of take this sort of weird catastrophization thing where you know you're taking something that's pretty irrelevant and minor and blowing it up but then you attach a girl's name to it you know the people look at you like you're fucking mental because people are like oh my god you know like i spoke to this guy one fucking time do you know what i mean i said yeah. one fucking thing to this guy and now i've got a fucking song name after me this guy needs help <laughs> and maybe i do but i think the, the amalgamation of, the, of those two things is sort of um you know it's quite hard to then explain to somebody that you know like okay um I didn't really feel like that, but I used it, you know, you know, I've, uh, no, it I, does. Cause I'm, if you wrote, if you wrote it again, like just matter of fact, like it's just a conversation I had with this girl one time, it doesn't, yeah. it, it's not what makes a song great. Like you got to kind of like, that is one place where I think taking liberties and maybe like exaggerating a little, or it's like, that's maybe not a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe the song Daisy and then Daisy, <laughs> Daisy thinks that you're in love with her and Daisy, I'm not in love with you. Stop you know what? Me. I know you're watching this. I, you know what? I'm speaking like the guy who doesn't have an album full of uh, girls' names in the song title. So yeah, like maybe it's different. Maybe it's different for you. Well, you know, Daisy um, isn't a real person. That was just, that, <laughs> that was just a joke. But, one of the um, best songs on the record, though, too. Might I? Thank add. you. One I of my favorites as well. One of my favorites as well. And you know what's funny about that? I think you asked me last time what my favorite song on the album was, and I fucked up. And I think I said the name. Of another song of a girl's name, and I meant Daisy, but I think I gave you the wrong side song title. Oh, that was Victoria, maybe. That is, I think I told you Victoria, and I meant Victoria is great too. But Daisy yeah. is one of my favorite songs on the record. But yeah, I, I remember I fucked that up when you asked me. I I got them mixed up. But yes, Daisy. Oh, well, interestingly, I remember last time we spoke. God, look at us, we're like old pals. But um, last time we spoke, I remember telling you, you asked, um, do I ever write a song based off a title? And I said, uh, I think I said not. I think I said on, yeah, but not on this record, which is a lie because Daisy is one of those songs. I was speaking to my girlfriend at the time, now 
we're not together, but we're still friends and, and we were chatting and I said, it was during COVID lockdown and I said to her, you know, I want to write a song, I wish I write about. And I, I said, I said, like, just give me a girl's name. And she texted me and said, Daisy. So I, the song is about my ex really, but the, the, the title is, is Daisy. And so when you asked that question and said, um, yeah, th did I write around a title? I absolutely did. And Daisy is that song. Oh, nice. I was the first, I mean, was the opening line your first idea of that song, the Daisy I've been going, like, is that, was that the first <laughs> line that you mind yeah, that I, was, or no? I was obviously feeling quite lazy, wasn't I? Because she, I just played an A chord and went Daisy. <laughs> and I was like, you wrote, yeah, you wrote one of the like, again, like some, I don't know, maybe not overthinking it either. I think, I feel like there's, which is also a great thing I think of the band is like, I don't feel like you do, you guys know what you do very well and you do it great. And it's like, I, I feel like the album has a good flow with that, where it's like, you, I don't feel like things are overthought. I think you, like you were saying, I think you had a vision, you knew what it was, and you didn't like fuck it up with a bunch of added things that didn't need it. Like, it's a perfect, in my opinion, 10 song record, no filler. It hits you right away. It doesn't stop the whole time. It's a fun list and a quick listen, too. I also say that you'd be driving somewhere. You can listen to the whole damn record. Drive across, drive across time. town to go do something. You've heard the whole album. Yeah. You know, well, I think I love short. I uh, think that's like a, a lot. My attention span is absolutely fucking ruined. And the way, you know, <laughs> some records I love, but by track seven, I'm like, fucking hell, man. Like, I was gonna put something else on now. Like, it, it just loses me. And all of the best live bands I've, I've ever seen, well, my favorite live bands I've seen, or the most exciting live bands I've seen, or the most captivating live bands I've seen, are 25 minute opening sets. I mean, that's what gets me excited and you know i remember seeing the menzingers like they were just um they they'd come through england it was 2020 it was just before covid and um they'd released a record that i loved and a couple of records that i love and i was so excited to see them and they played like an hour and a half which isn't a long time at all but for, when i was there stood and i was watching one of my favorite bands and i was fucking bored i was like fucking hell man like it's still going and I, you know and no shade to the menzingers i love the menzingers but um I think that was quite like a sobering, not sobering, that's a stupid thing to say, but like a, uh, it was a bit of a revelation. I was a bit like, okay, like this is one of my favorite bands and I cannot be fucked to listen to them for an hour and a half. Nobody knows that my band even exists. So nobody's going to give us longer than fucking a half hour. So let, you know, and you know, I love short songs and I don't like fucking guitar, I hate guitar solos and you know, like anything that's a little bit grandiose, I sort of like, makes me feel a bit ill. So I sort of went for something, you know, pretty, pretty streamlined and and i think to be honest i think the next record i want the next record to be even shorter <laughs> if you can imagine it i mean i don't know i don't know if you listen to joyce manor at all but they're kind of like they keep going like their last record was like 17 minutes long like they just yeah. keep getting shorter and shorter it's like it's just it's great which to be honest too and like you were just talking about like i mean also i feel like where you're at as a band you know people are still discovering you and kind of like with live sets it's like including if you're I feel the same way, and including if it's a band, even if I'm discovering an opening band and they're great, but I'm not familiar with the music, I don't care how much I like it. If I don't know the music, 30 minutes is good. Like, even yeah, if it sounds yeah. good, right? Like, if you don't know it, it's like, I, I almost feel like you can turn people off. Like, first 30 yeah, minutes right. of that set, they might love you, but like 50 minutes in, they're like, God damn, I wasn't here for you. Like, I I'm yeah, here for the other band. It's a tough thing when you when you when when people don't know your songs especially in, in, a, in a live music venue where it's fucking really loud and you can't make out what anybody's saying. And, you know, I don't know, it's, it's quite difficult. So I totally agree. I think, you know, uh, but I, for me, and I don't know, I mean, I, I probably have undiagnosed ADHD or something because even half an hour, I mean, whew, you know, that's testing my patience, man. Half an hour is a long, is a long for me to focus on anything. It's a very, very long time. So yeah, I mean, if you can, if you could do like a really sick 20, 25 minutes, I mean, I think 25 minutes is probably long enough to make some sort of impact and impression. And, you know, on our record, we get, yeah, I think it's less than you can play the whole fucking album in 25 minutes. I is feel it, like yeah, you can play your whole record. Is it 27 minutes? I don't know. I feel like you might know more than I do, but it might be 27 minutes. And um, we get, we, you know, we get a slow acoustic song in there. We get, and I feel like we tell the story and we show fucking some different shades of what we can do. And then we're out your fucking way and you can crack on and listen to the Beatles because they're way better than we are. <laughs> no, I, I, I love it. Like, I, I think honestly, like looking at my top 10 of last year, I feel like a lot of them were that there's not a lot of self-indulgent. This is a, this is a 50 minute record or, or longer. There's no double discs. 
none of my favorite albums were like a triple fucking concept record. Like I'm totally with you there. And, it's, and you can still have like you, like you were saying, you can still have substance. Your record goes different places. There's different things in there. It's not like it's a half-assed idea. It can still yeah. all be in there. Just cut out the fat or don't add like extra shit, you know? Like for you, yeah. like me and you so might have even talked about this, but like, are you someone like right at like your first idea is your best idea or will you fuck around? Because I feel like you seem like someone where it's like you, you have confidence in that initial idea because some people don't and what they end up with is so different from what they started with. Like they almost don't, they don't keep that original thing. And I feel like at least listening to the music, I feel like you do because you don't go a bunch of fucking wild places with it. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I think I do and I don't. I think I never used to. I think I used to sort of sit down and I'd write a verse and then a chorus and then a second verse and then a bridge and then go back to the chorus and that'd be it. But I think now it's a little bit um, more refined for me. I think now I have such a like sort of laser sharp focus on on making songs that are catchy. I think that's the difference now. And I think writing a truly catchy song is a bit of a science and I and I don't think it's... um something you have to think about it. you have to really fucking think about it. you have to sit there and you have to be like right okay here's what i've got so far what do i want to change and i think most of my new songs are more of like a for example like have three or four different verses before i settle on one or like a different version of the chorus or a different bridge or a different intro and i sort of try loads of shit now whereas before probably most of the songs on the record definitely uh definitely i mean carousel i wrote in one sitting picturesque i wrote in one city daisy other than the outro melody on daisy the everything you say to me everything you do that came later um and i had to go back in and record that because like, i was just listening to the song i was like fuck like this is sick um yeah like a lot of them probably between now and 6 30 victoria i sung in the shower and came out and and wrote it but um yeah so most of that record was like a you know, like I say, like a, um, a stream of consciousness. But this time, you know, the new songs and the way I sort of do it now, it's, you know, quite a time-consuming thing. And I might start with one lyric. And now if I come up with it one good lyric in a day or one good melody in a day or one good section in a day, I, I don't force a whole song. I'm like, well, I can come back to that and add to it later. And yeah, I've, got, I've had a couple, I've had a, recently, I had like quite a lot of success doing it that way. I think I enjoy it that more that way. Like I say, it feels more like a science. It feels it's like piecing a puzzle together. It's like it's like you know, I feel like I'm there in like a fucking laboratory with like a lab coat on and some safety goggles, like fucking pouring potions in, like to this like fucking the ultimate power pop song. How do I do it? You know, and You're that's, in the that's hits lab. That. yeah, I'm in the hits lab. Me and fucking You're John hits Lennon. in the lab, dude. That's exactly yeah. what well. I'd like to think you know that, that one one For day. Like, I'll like writing catchy songs that you're talking about, which I think you're already pretty good at, but like, is there, like, do you feel like for you when you're trying to write a song and you're thinking of that way, like I want to write a catchy song, like, is there a most important, like, is the hook the most important thing? Is the core, like, is it the chorus? Is there a specific thing? Does it change from song to song? I know it's probably personal for you too, but if you're writing a song with that in mind, I want to make this catchy. Like, what is the biggest thing do you think that actually makes a song catchy? Yeah, well, I think, you know, they say, don't bore us, get to the chorus, <laughs> um, which is like a little fucking thing that people say where, you know, when we're in writing sessions or when I'm in writing sessions and stuff. But um, yeah, I think um, it's an amalgamation. It's like the lyrics have to be, for me personally, the lyrics either have to be really fucking specific, you know, to somebody's life where they tell like they paint like a really fucking vivid picture. I don't know. It's I don't know actually. Well, those are lyrics I love, but I also love like Noel Gallagher lyrics, like "Champagne Supernova." Like it's fucking totally meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. But like, but like when when they're when they're sung with such conviction and and with like a really emotional melody, it gives them meaning in a way. Or or you know like or super relatable lyrics. I love them as well. Um, but I think yeah, it's just about jamming in hooks wherever you can. I think like. Drums can be hooky, the bass can be hooky. You know, you associate hooks with lyrics and melody, fine, and vocals, fair enough. But I think, you know, if you think about um, like a band like Green Day is a great example. Like what I always say about Trey Cool is he makes hooks on the drums. Like you, you can sing his yeah. drum parts. Um, and I think it's, it's just all about, you know, thinking about a hook as what can, like, how, how can there be something that's grabbing someone's attention every second of this song that they're going to remember 
I think that I don't know. Does that, I don't know if that answers your question. No, no, it does, and you're actually making me think in a different way too. Because like, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking so much on like the on the you know so so much putting so much importance on the lyrical part or like having a catchy chorus or whatever. But you're absolutely right. Like another part of that is the music side. Like. I mean, even even your favorite reminder song, Seaside Scampi, those drums in the beginning are fucking catchy. Like those are those do get you right away. Like oh, shit. yeah, that's great. Like that is that that is that shit's great. And like those are things that like really maybe you don't think about or you have obviously, but like even me asking you that question, I am thinking more of it in terms of like a melody or something more with like the vocals. But you're absolutely right. Drums and all that also play a huge role. Like there's tons of songs yeah. where catchiest parts of the fucking drums yeah yeah definitely but i think the unfortunate thing for the drummers and the bass players out there is that without a doubt you're right like it is the, the vocal melody and the lyrics is like the most fucking important thing because that's what makes a song a song otherwise it's just people fucking bashing pieces of wood like cavemen and uh you know uh, you know i mean for me personally i mean i don't listen to much instrumental music so i'm sure i'm biased but but yeah i think in in terms of best of beach punk i think a good example of me trying to write a really catchy song intentionally is if you want it don't let me down um because i think the verses are you know quite poetic lyrically um and i think that you've got the don't let me down and i think that section's quite catchy and then it goes into uh harry does another catchy fucking drum fill where he goes and then it goes into if you want it if you want it if you want it you got it um and then i you, we merge the don't let me down hook and the if you want it hook for like an outro and i think that's like a good example of like you know fucking just trying to smash hooks at people fucking constantly and that's like one of my favorite songs i i, I really like that song that is a great. That is a great song. You're right. There, there, you fit a lot again. Like you pack a lot in, like a you know, like a condensed version of like it's not a long ass drawn out song, but a lot, a lot kind of happens with uh within it. Is also like I know, I know, uh, like you do like mixing and stuff. If I'm remembering, do you do like producing and kind of co-writing with other people and stuff? Do you do that side of it as well? So, yeah, like, I love do it. You, do you feel like you've gotten more like this? Because even hearing you explain this, like I mean, I think I could talk to some songwriters. And I don't know they could break it down as like I don't even think their own music they could break down as specifically like that. Like you're very good at breaking down and going, here's this part, this catchy. Like, do you feel like you've developed that from working with others? Or I mean, just were you always like that? Do you feel like you kind of had that like you could dissect and break down music long before you started working with other people? Were you good at that just even working on your own music alone? That's a good question. I think it's something that's like developed for me recently but like it's, it's something that i've become fucking obsessed with i think i think when i when i started like liking music and becoming musical myself and being in a band and and whatever i think maybe i was trying to figure out what it was that i loved about music and you know maybe i think for a long time i was like super attracted to the idea of like playing and touring and like being a very charismatic front person um and i which i you know i still you know, I'm very drawn to that side of it. I'm, but I think for me now, what I realized a couple of years ago was that like, it's songwriting. That is the thing for me. It's not, I fucking, I hate playing the guitar. I don't like the guitar. I'm not good at the guitar. And I learned enough about the guitar to know how to write a song. And then I fucking stopped because I do not give a fuck about being a shredder, right? But that's not to say that I love a good guitar hook and, you know, I can, I can sort of fucking fudge my way around it. But um. Yeah, and I just think I realized, yeah, I just realized that I was like, fuck, I don't give a fuck about, um, you know, being, I don't, I went to a music college, right? And everybody was fucking obsessed with being the best player or the best singer. And my obsession was like, I want to write the fucking best song. Um, and yeah, I think I sort of just realized, like I said, a couple of years ago, that that was my aim. And then you, and then when that sort of penny dropped, you, I then started listening to music totally differently. And so now, like, my appreciation of, for music has totally changed. And the people that I idolize or look up to or admire or want to be like has changed, you know, sort of in parallel with that because my sort of perspective on it has changed. And, and yeah, to answer your question, yes, I, I do also work with other people and produce with other people and write with other people. And, um, and it's the fucking, it's the best. It's like, it's fucking like God's gift to to me is like being able to do that so yeah 
Do you feel like you got more out of out of like doing shit like that versus going to like school for music? Because like I, which is actually interesting. Like I went, I went in college. Like I, I did take, I, I got like a degree in music, but it was like kind of a side thing. Like it was definitely not like fucking going to like Berkeley or anything like that. But I took music theory and like different things. And what I think I like learned from it because I'm kind of with you. I was never that person. I was like, I like playing music and shit, but I don't need to be fucking whoever. I don't need to be a virtuoso. So I do what yeah. I do. But you would see those people. You would meet those people who are that way. But, like, I think it fucks up your creativity too much of it. Like, I watched even Friends. We would do, like, we'd take music theory together and we'd play together. And the more parameters you put on music, it, like, fucks them up. Like, it almost, like, there's a real difference, I think, between trying to be a virtuoso, trying to be very good at your craft, just very good at guitar or whatever, and actually writing a song someone wants to fucking listen to. Because, like, to be honest, you can be a shredder, and that's great. But that's not when's the last time you put on like the radio and people were just listening to like a 13 instrumental get like a 13 minute just guitar solo. Like yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's I'll great what it. some people can do but no one wants to listen to that. Like it's great you can sit there and and like do that fucking cello solo from 300 years ago but like does anyone <laughs> else want to listen to that? Do people want to come to your show and watch that? You know what I mean? There's yeah, kind well, of well, the only people that appreciate shredding is shredders. Yes, so, yes. But everybody appreciates a good song. So I think, but you know, I think it's, I think to, I don't know. I think you know, not everybody's not everybody's capable of being a shredder. Uh, and I don't, I wonder sometimes whether I could, you know, even if I committed my life to playing the guitar, whether I'd actually ever be able to fucking shred. But I also think in the same way, not everybody, you know, not everybody can write a song that, you know, it swings and roundabouts, you know, it doesn't make you any better if you can shred or if you can write a song. But for me, the most the valuable thing for me is is writing songs that people like. And I think when you write when you write a song, it's like some some one person might like it because they think it's catchy and they, and they like the melody. One person might relate to the lyrics. Right. So one person might love your voice or whatever it is. And it's like when you're writing a song, there's like so many things to consider. And I, but to, to go back to your point about um, music theory and shredders, the fucking, I have so much respect for somebody like uh, Max Martin or Jack Antonoff. These are like pop producers. So I'm showing my, oh, yeah. I'm showing my pop side, but um, you know, these, these people, these producers that can write a fucking a, an amazing song, but also, have the theory knowledge and, and like you say i think in, in some people the theory knowledge prohibits the creativity because you're so fucking sort of in this goldfish bowl of no you can't do that or you can do this or whatever but the the, the people that have mastered theory in conjunction with both sides of it that's the you know that's fucking commendable and i think i think it's rare and i think is often seen at the very high level of pop music writing because they can turn it on they can just go like that and it and it comes out and that's the stage I'm trying to get to myself, but we'll see. It's a that, bit of a mountain to climb. No, that's a good point, though. I mean, having a little bit of both isn't bad at all. I mean, having that kind of because yeah, I do. I feel like I always think of it as like one's in one camp or one's the other. But you're right. If you can, if you can mend them and make that bridge and like go, I can be a good musician and I I can like, you know, I I can I know the foundation of music and I kind of get it. But also, yeah, I can write a good song. I mean, if you can kind of find that middle ground, that that would be a nice that would be a nice way. You're away, you're, you know. I mean, like I say, somebody like Jack Antonoff, or you know, to, to be able to be in a room with like Taylor Swift or Matty Healy, like these prolific songwriters, and be able to sort of go pound for pound for them in a songwriting sense, but then also be the guy to say, Well, why don't you try this chord there? Because I think it will do X, Y, and Z emotionally and take it to this place. I mean, fucking out, you know, at that point, you're laughing all the way to the bank because you know that it's a rare rare breed of person that can do that and like you know fuck you know it's but you know that's what gets me fucking giddy man like that like, i love that shit like i say when i say it's like a science that's what i mean it's like fuck like you know that's my albert einstein right there <laughs> you i mean you are in the making of it because you are doing both you are doing that production side of it but you also are a perform like those guys you know i mean jack antonoff think of all the bands he was in before anyone really thought of him i feel like is that prolific producer I mean, fuck, I remember he was in Steel Train on drive through Records in, like, the early 2000s. Like, you know, oh, yeah, a, lot of, yeah. a lot of things like that long before you're ever known for that. So I feel like you're on, I feel like you're on the right path. Oh, I but, fucking uh, hope so. Thank you. I think, I think you are. I mean, guy who wrote Best Album of 2022. 
you can you you put that you can put that places guy who wrote best album in the year 2022 you said it not me (laughs) and yeah i mean that's an it's an amazing honor so thank you again for for um, we we jesus Oh no, absolutely. Thank you for writing a great record. And I mean, we, I was talking a little earlier. I mean, we were talking about you kind of getting, getting around and talking about writing a follow-up to this, but on top of that, when people listen to this, you will have, you will have a new song out. There's a new reminder song coming out January 20th, which actually, I guess, I guess it's past if you're listening to this, because if you're listening on the podcast, the 23rd, if it's the radio show, it is the 27th. There's a rad ass reminder song out. I have not heard it yet though. So I need to learn more about this, let me know what would we we got a new reminder song. What can people expect out of it? I mean, that might be weird to describe your song, but describe the I'll song a little bit. Um, well, the song's called International Dial Tones, um, which is a bit of a mouthful, but um, it's uh, I wrote it a couple of years ago, um, and I was just yeah, it's like um, I can't really tell you what it's about, like it's uh. It just sort of fell out of my mouth. I, I used to live in the States. I used to live in uh, in Osceola County in um, in Orlando in Florida. So um, well, I don't know whether Orlando is in Osceola County. I suppose it's that. I don't know. Anyway, I was, I was a kid. I was like 10 years old. So I've sort of always had this affinity with the States. And, um, and you know, I, and I, as I've grown up, I like I love the culture and, and all of that. So um, so the song sort of is a bit about this imaginary situation of imagine if I sort of you know, went to the States and fell in love again, catastrophizing. Um, and then you, you come back and, and, you, and you're back at home and, and you try and call, but all you hear is international dial tones. So, you know, oh, that's like the most cringy synopsis, but, um, but yeah, that's no. what, I, that's, that's what I was trying to capture. And, um, and yeah, it was a bit of a collaboration with, with my good friend, Jack from grade two. He helped me write it and our, and our friend Toby. So the, the, side project that i'm in that i believe we're going to chat about in a bit yeah so the two guys that i'm in this in the side project with um i collaborate with them on it and it was obviously a reminder song and 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 yeah so um but it's so it's like just over two minutes it's fast it's probably our fastest song it's Ooh. got a guitar riff actually you know <laughs> for, all, for all the fucking bullshit i was just saying about how much i hate the guitar it's, <laughs> it's probably like the first real <laughs> guitar riff that that we have and and i'm quite excited about that and um and yeah i'm super excited about it it's like uh i said to somebody yesterday it's like it's close to sat you know it's as, it's as comfortable as i feel sounding this close to the ramones Fuck uh, yeah. and yeah i'm fucking stoked to be able to hear it i think i think people are gonna love it and well i love it and um and it feels like a step in the right direction it feels a little bit more mature it's, it's a love song but um but it's a love song from somebody who's, uh, who's you know, experienced love now and wasn't just making it up when he was 17. <laughs> no, and I feel like you did a great job. So I feel like you definitely get put on the spot trying to uh, describe your own song. I'm sure that's that's a that can be a, a hard feat. I feel like you did a good job. I mean, Ramones and Fast sounds cool and a good guitar riff. I, I it sounds it sounds yeah. good, which means people people will hear it shortly. Like we play it, but it like just promising. I don't want to I don't want to promise the people too much. <laughs> Lower your expectations, everybody. No, I think it. I think it'll be good. Also, I mean that that's really cool. You got to. Uh, I mean, you got to work with like like your other project, Transatlantics, working with uh, those dudes from Grade Two and everything. Was this song? Did it start out like you thought maybe it'd be a Transatlantic song, or did it, or was it kind of always a reminder song, or kind of more yeah. into that? Just working with those dudes. It wasn't like a conscious decision to like sit down with those two guys and be like, oh, let's write a song. What, what happened was, is Jack and I. Um, as long as we've sort of been been friends, we've just WhatsApped songs to each other. I mean, you don't use WhatsApp in the States, do you? But it's like a... Heard of it. I've never used like, it. Yeah, it's just like iMessage. But for some reason, everybody over here, I don't really know. It's, a, it's weird, but it's basically iMessage. But we just send each other these songs back and forth. Um, you know, if, if he came up with an idea, he'd send it to me and I'd give my two cents on it and vice versa. And... Um, and yeah, it was one of them. I just sent him this this, ver- this very early version of this song, which had a different verse and like a pretty different chorus. And he hit back and said he liked it, but why didn't I try and make... And he said, he's, he sent his version of the chorus back and said, oh, I don't know if it's too Ramonesy. Because um, to, to give you a reference, it sounds a little bit like uh, 
Well, this is what people have told me. It sounds a little bit like um, Bonzo Goes to Bitburg by the A little bit like melodically. But um, I, I, but I really liked what he, what he did, like his spin on it. So I was like, wicked. So, and then I put my spin on his spin and had the chorus. And then I knew that we, I knew the chorus was the chorus. Um, but, so then I wasn't happy with the verses. I was like, ah, oh, you know, I had these verses that went, um, I've got piss poor luck and a head that's full up and the ice is way for thin. Which I actually think is quite, lyrically, it's quite cool. But I decided to sack it off. And then I went to hang out with Toby at his flat in, on the Isle of Wight. And um, yeah, I was like, what do you think of this song? And played it to him. And he was like, yeah, cool. And he sat on the drum kit and sort of played it through with me. And then we wrote new verse melody. And then I sort of did the lyrics over time. And then in the out, there's an outro part, which is like some lyrics from a, from an old song that I wrote and that I like threw over the top of the outro so that like you know we were saying about it you know trying to jam some you know jam everything into two minutes or 20 minutes or whatever um yeah it's another one of them you know <laughs> no how uh how uh like was it recently recorded i mean was this like recorded like right away and put out is it did you record this a while back when did when did well, this we, get, uh... we, yeah we integrated it into the live set um nice. so we would have been playing that like a year ago um so we, we've been playing as a band for a while and then we had a little bit of a discussion where we were like okay like i think it's time to like get some new music out there and for me it was the obvious choice it was a new song that we that we all liked that we knew where we were at with so yeah we recorded it like a month ago um oh shit really so, recent yeah, yeah sorry i'm just picking up my my slider that's coming <laughs> um yeah yeah it's really recent yeah a month ago yeah 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 and then um my friend uh mike curtis mixed it for us um and he's done loads of cool records that we love and yeah it's like been a really nice produced by me mixed by mike played by the boys and yeah i'm really excited for people to hear it nice nice did did anything change from like i mean you're saying you were playing it live like i mean was there was there anything that changed much when you went to record it? You guys keep it pretty much like you you solidified that shit live, and you kind of recorded it the same, you know, the same way. Yeah, it was. Um, we we sort of like um have this tendency to when the pressure's on, we, we're sort of like we start cooking. Like we, we, when we go, okay, we have to fucking record this song tomorrow. Then suddenly it's like the ideas come. So I think the second verse changed the most, um, in the sense that we all just played less. I don't play at all. And Theo added this cool, like, sort of Motown, Jackson 5, Ooh. little bass. It's like a it's like a fucking one second, maybe, but it's like a dum, bo -do -dum. And we added that. And then we were like, okay, then fucking stop playing. So then it's just the drums. And we just spent, I remember we just spent a lot of time, um, like, like I was saying, about drum fills and stuff. Like, we just sort of spent fucking ages, like, going through the drums and making sure the kick pattern was right and then the fills were right. Um, and then same on the bass and the guitar and my parts were sort of, we knew they were done because it was just, when do I play? When do I not play? The lyrics, the melodies were done. Um, so it, yeah, I think it changed an appropriate amount. It's, it's hardly a different song, but it feels, it's a, it's a record now. It's a song that, that is done. Whereas before it was a, a work in progress, whereas not that now it's, it's fucking, it's a banner nice nice it's all i mean again it's always great to get new music and even though it feels like oh shit new music like already again going back to it that not not like at all you wrote you know you wrote this first or you know best of beach punk so long ago it's like fuck yeah time for time for more i'm sure this more represents like you were talking about about where you're at currently as a song yeah well, we're itching to just fucking also i think you know people have short short memories like people fucking we released a fucking record a year ago like fucking who gives a shit like you know the, nobody fucking is good well, people obviously do remember it and hopefully still listen to it but you know in the grand scheme of life and you know there's however fucking many billion people out there you know to, to the rest of the fucking world we're still brand new and you know we have to treat it that way and yeah i think um for the people that are into it hopefully they'll be excited at the idea of new music because also, I do. We going back to the twenty minutes thing. Like that's a double-edged sword because we also did only put out twenty minutes worth of music, and that's not a lot. So people are probably itching for more. So, um, so yeah. But um, yeah, I'm really excited, man. I, I think, uh, I think you know, and as obviously a radio host yourself, I, I wonder whether 
I could be so brave to say that it's probably the best radio song that we've done. Ooh, fuck yeah. It'll be played know. on the radio too. We'll it, we'll we'll oh, see how it matches. I feel like it'll vibe well. It sounds it sounds good then, like perfect place to play it. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm now, baby. It, it, it's wild. I mean, by the time people hear this, I'll have heard the song. But yeah, as of now, I'm like, fuck yeah, this sounds this sounds very, very cool. I'm very excited. Well, I could send you a link, but I also feel like maybe I'll maybe I'll keep you on your toes and you can wait with, with the rest of the world. Right, I mean, yeah, after maybe. All, after all this fucking anticipation, I mean, fuck, I think. Oh, I don't know. But I think I, I, th- I think you'll like it. I think I know, you know, uh, we've spoken enough, and I think I wonder I whether it'll be I think it, I think it could be your favorite. I think it could dethrone Daisy. Ooh, god damn! I'm excited to hear this. Now, I mean, on top of, <laughs> I mean, again, on, on top of uh, the new song. I mean, if you are, uh, I mean, if you're over in the UK, you're about to hit the road with Love, another amazing band. I, I fucking love both of you. We've had Love Breakers on the show. They put out one of my favorite records of 2021. You put out one of my favorite records of 2022. Now you're hitting the road. I mean, are you are you guys set for that? Do you kind of know the set list? Do you know what you're playing? Like, are, are you all ready for the tour? Well, I was thinking about it today. I was on the treadmill in the gym today. <laughs> and um, I was doing a walk, just an incline walk, just burning some fucking calories, man, trying to get that heart pumping and whatever. And um, I was fucking sweating bullets. I was fucking drenched in sweat. And I was thinking, fucking hell, we need to make our set shorter. <laughs> and um, so I think we're going to cut some fucking songs. Um, and yeah, but I was also thinking about it from like a objective musical standpoint as well. And I was like, man, like I just want to go and play fucking 20 minutes. Um, but I know that we're going to play a replacements cover. We're going to play Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. And that's going to feature Chino of Love Breakers. He's going to come on stage with us. Nice. They're all dear friends of mine. Like I, I love them all. I love them all so much. And I'm super excited to tour with them. So I'm trying to like the idea of like, making it like a thing, like bringing Chino on stage with us and, and making a thing of it. So I know, yeah, I know that we're going to play that. And yes, yeah, so I, I was thinking of the, probably my fucking resentment for Seaside Scampi came from my treadmill fucking monologue earlier when I was thinking I, I don't want to play that song anymore. Um, so Which yeah. So I, last time, that's like a fan favorite, right? It's kind of a hard one not to play. If I, if I recall us, if I recall us talking about this, it's, it's one you almost have to play in the set. Well, our manager fucking loves it like i remember the like well, no, i don't i don't want him to watch this and think that i think i don't know i don't know i regret saying that but um he uh i remember when he watched us for the first time because he signed us during covid so um he hadn't seen us the record came out before he didn't see us play and we played a show in london and, he, and he'd come and uh i was like ah oh, you what did you think and what's your favorite tune and he loved it he thought it was he was like oh well you're basically rapping he was like i think it's quite cool and i was like I don't want to be Ed Sheeran. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to, I actually, I don't want to rap. Um, so, but you know, I really value his opinion. I mean, he's, he's played in fucking loads of, he played in Gallows, um, which I don't well, know how much means, yeah. yeah, no, they're a good band. Yeah, no, I don't know Gallows. Yeah, yeah. Wicked band. So, um, so I really trust his opinion, but also it's fucking exhausting, man. It's like, how hard it is to like sing that fucking song and also like move your body. Like, fuck, it's exhausting. So yeah, I think the plan is to cut the set and just make it shorter <laughs> all replacements covers just cut it just, yeah. we're just doing all replacements covers now <laughs> well i'd fucking love that i'd absolutely love i'd love to do that and yeah the the replace the fact that we're um every now and then we get compared to the replacements or not compared okay. but people say they can hear paul westerberg in the songs and you know i i struggle to be anything but greatly humbled and flattered by that because He's just a fucking genius. So, so yeah. Hopefully we, hopefully we do it justice. I think I think with Chino on the fucking lead guitar. I mean, he's an amazing guitar player. Um, I think he, I think he could fucking save the day. I mean, obviously, I mean, you know those dudes and everything. And I mean, you just went on fucking tour with them with social distortion yeah. stuff. But have you guys played? Like, have Love Breakers and Reminders had a chance to play much throughout the years? I mean, I take it you've played before together, but I mean, have there any been like tour runs or anything like that with them, or has it just kind of been like one-offs? Yeah, we did um, on on the Best of Beach Punk tour. They supported us in Birmingham. That was it. Um, but you know, like I toured with them, but the, where the tour was the, the first day that we all got in the van in Birmingham was the I think the first day that I'd met all of them, other than Christian, who I'd who's like a dear friend um, now. But yeah, um, I think I just sort of sat in the van with these like fucking 
five strangers and we're like let's fucking do it let's here we go we're about to spend eight weeks together yeah now now, now you're uh now you're going on tour with them nice i mean new we got new music from our reminders we got a tour and uh i mean actually I, i'm sure you don't have the dates off the top of your head but do you know the do you remember like the day it starts and everything for people oh okay i think i can do it you know i think i can do it dude okay so on the 27th we're in uh todmaden which i got i don't did you see my instagram the other day of that person uh correcting that how you pronounce it oh shit i did yes i did yeah. i did see that i, I called it todd morden that's todd Morden. i've been told by a mildly aggressive local via instagram um but that's not with love breakers that's supporting meryl streak who's on our label in the uk then you should check out as irish artist it's very irish political so i don't know how much it will resonate with you because to be honest a lot of it goes over my head because ireland is, is obviously totally independent politically um but yeah so we're supporting him fucking he's wicked so that's the 27th of january that's in todmorden todmorden and uh then the the next day the you know the on the 29th the dates with lovebreaker start and we're in glasgow on the 29th at a venue called the old hairdressers and just for full transparency my eyes are darting all around the place but i, I promise you i do not have the fucking dates in front of me the 29th we're playing the old hairdressers in glasgow the 30th i think we're playing in nottingham not i don't know why i said that so we're nottingham um at a place called bodega then we're playing uh the castle in manchester then we're playing uh the black heart in camden in london which is i've heard nothing but great things as a venue although i've not been myself then we're playing moles in bath so that's the second of feb London would, would have been the first. And then we're playing uh, The Flapper in Birmingham on the 3rd of February. And I think I just fucking absolutely nailed it. But That was impressive. We'll check the fucking poster because I could be absolutely wrong. Those are definitely the places we're going. Whether the, whether I forgot on a date, maybe, and whether the dates are accurate is fucking probably quite unlikely. But yeah. I'm still impressed it's, by it's that. Either like, way. Time. I'm buzzing. I can't wait. Two weeks. Fucking let's do it. I mean, I'm impressed. I thought I was throwing you on the spot. I thought I didn't. I didn't know that if you would know it at all. That was really good. That was quite good. I'm, people, I'm media trained. People over there need to. Uh, I mean, if you threw grade two on that lineup, you'd basically have like the three best fucking UK bands doing it right well, now. Well, interestingly, like, actually, um, one third of grade two is coming on the tour because I'm um, Jack. Oh, nice. Yeah, so Jack oh, is. Uh, yeah. yeah, Jack, bless his heart, man. Out of the goodness of his soul, is coming along for the ride. So, um, I, so yeah, I can't wait. I love it. Cause I, I mean, I, I love all three of your bands and I don't think I really realized all these connections until talking to you last time. Like you, like, I didn't even know you, you mixed that, that acoustic grade two. Uh, I can't think of it, but the, the acoustic one, like, I didn't even know you fucking mixed that. And I was like, yeah, I love that album. Had no clue. You yeah, had anything that was to do a, with it. It was a really cool moment. Like, like when the penny dropped and yeah, yeah it's, know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think, um, I don't know, like I've recently in my life, you know, I, my friends have just become, you know, people I work with and people I admire. It's like, it's really cool, man. Like a lot of the good people in my life are people that I really fucking respect and admire. And, you know, I, I feel super grateful like that my friends are uh, not only great people, you know, to have in your life, but also fucking talented musicians who are killing it. And, you know, it's a great privilege and yeah. No, you got it. You got a you got a good camp over there. You're part of a you're definitely part of a, a good camp. Lots of good music coming out of there. Um, I mean, like like so we do have you know we're talking a little transatlantics, and I mean as we close this out, I still want to just kind of get to it a little bit, just let people know mm. there is new like there is a song out. There is music for people to go check out from transatlantics. Your your side your I guess side project would you say with the dudes from Grade Two yeah. project? I think. I think you have to call it a side project. I think, unfortunately, it, it's. It, I, I wish it wasn't a side project. I wish it could be done in uh, complete conjunction with Reminders and Grey Two. Although I think that's unrealistic. So, um, but yeah, Transatlantics. It, it's spelled Transit, like the Ford Transit van, and then Space Atlantics, which is like really dumb, but whatever. Um, and yeah, so it's me and Jack from Grey Two, and then our friend Toby, who. Um, is a really fucking talented guy who and he's played in some wicked bands himself uh this band called he actually he played in grade two for a little bit as well he doesn't now but jacob who plays drums in grade two um 
step back from the band momentarily and and toby uh a drum for gray too so but yeah he was in a band called dreamer joe who haven't been a thing for a very long time but when he was like 15 or 16 and they're really cool man like still to this day they've got an ep out called um uh kick and scream which is well worth checking out so that was where that's toby's background and yeah and so we sort of during COVID, jack and i were writing like loads of songs together and um he was also writing with toby as well so he sort of merged worlds and and yeah oh my god man like some honestly this is going to sound really like gushy but some of the best memories of my life like we'd meet up and we'd stay at toby's for a weekend and we'd write and record and we, and we, and we have a whole ep recorded five five songs yeah um but yeah we put out the first single keep it on wiretap records and unfortunately just because of just particularly jack he's so busy with grade two like they're a they're like a real machine when it comes to touring and putting out music and everything so um yeah we're, we're finding it hard to like be able to commit to it so right now it's just a bit of fun for people's listening pleasure but you know you keep it you know is one of my favorite songs i've ever been a part of writing you know i'm so proud of that song so proud of that song and like i say there's five or four more that i just need to mix now i, I mixed keep it and and yeah I, th- I don't know when they'll see the light of day but they will i'm confident that they will but yeah it's fucking it's well exciting man it's fucking yeah it's wicked i love i love it and keep i mean keep it's a great song we'll we'll also play it after this for people so they can hear it but like i what i like about it is i mean you can hear the reminders in the grade two but it's not a rehash you guys are also aren't like like keep it doesn't sound like a reminder song or just a straight up grade two song or something like again you hear the elements obviously it's your voice on and everything but yeah. like it is something different it's not just like oh i'm over here doing more of the same with this other guy like it does feel different you know yeah well, i hope so and yeah i think it's it's cool it's like a really fucking cool chance to experiment like it's gonna sound fucking really dumb but like there's 12 string guitar on it like there's and like production wise there's stuff that we wouldn't or couldn't or we feel we can't do or things we wouldn't like to do in our in our bands at the moment that we're doing you know like there's fucking cowbell and vibra slap and you know and we just had so much fun and and it's but it's not like it's not in vain it's not like there's not loads just loads of shit piled on for no reason it, it just works and i think to be honest with you i i, I have to give toby so much credit for everything in that band um particularly keep it because it's his riff that's his riff um and we we wrote the song together but it's his riff and um and yeah he just brought like such an, an element to that to that band and the record and you know he was the one really pushing for it to you know go different places and fucking i love the guy and that band is in a another life that band is fucking winning grammys i'm sure of it <laughs> nice nice no i mean lots of lots of good stuff coming out from you um where do people now where do people go find all this shit we go find your tour dates we find you online get your music where do we find all that stuff where do we send people now send people to uh reminders of the band across social media just so type that in and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll appear um and then yeah the, and then there'll be a link I mean, people know how social media works. You'll find the link, click the link, and it's all there. But yeah, the new single is International Dial Tones, and it's out on Venn Records and Wiretap Records uh, January 20th. And we're hitting the road with Love Breakers. And thank you so much for making our record your record of the year. And thanks for having me. And it's been a pleasure. And I I genuinely hope we get to do this a load more times because this is, I have so much fun. Oh, dude, no, of course. You will be back. And I mean, like like we've mentioned, maybe the uh, transatlantic guys get all you, get everybody, get everybody in here, do a big ass interview. That's the motive. Maybe we'll do it when we're on tour and I'm with Jack. Maybe. That's the, I mean, honestly, yeah, if you're, if you're together anyways, it's like, might as well. You can yeah, jump maybe. on here. Just yeah, we'll talk do it. About We'll do it in the back of the Grey 2 van, perhaps. That sounds suspect. Not We won't do that in the back of the Grey 2 van. We will have an interview. Or maybe we'll do that in the back of the Grey 2 van. You know, desperate times call for desperate measures when, when you're on the road. The Grey 2 van, I'm sure, has seen much worse. Gas money. <laughs> yeah, you need gas money. Come on, guys. It's 2023. Oh, man. No, Leo. I mean, always, always a pleasure talking to you. And uh, we're going to play some new reminders now for people international dial dial tones i already fucked it up i thought i was gonna i already did so let's do this is like when i had love breakers on i called them heartbreakers at the end 
It's the same uh, fucking you guys going to butcher. The whole time it's like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. And then, yeah, then you say it. But, no, you were about to hear International Dial Tones. Great new song from Reminders right here on the Power Chord Hour. Right here on the Power Chord Hour, brand new music from Reminders. That was International Dial Tones. I want to thank Leo for his second appearance on the show here. That was so much fun. I mean, if you couldn't tell, I mean, that was just like, it was kind of like a conversation between two old buds, it felt like. It was, uh, it was a great second appearance, I would say. Just like last week with Maddie Grace, she had her second appearance. And, uh, you know, I was talking about it at the end of that one. So I won't, I won't sit here and, uh, you know, rehash it all. But just basically, you know, it's kind of great when you do that second interview because you know you already kind of know each other you got you got a little bit of history so uh it, it was great for that and it was a really fun uh really fun interview and uh yeah so hopefully you enjoyed that and i will play you here in a second the uh transatlantic song and uh yeah they're not not a whole lot i just thought i'd jump on real quick afterwards i almost uh actually i almost didn't jump on at all because there wasn't much there wasn't much else i was like i guess next week we have the uh I guess, wow, we'll already be the uh, January 2023 rundown. I will uh, be going solo next week doing that, talking uh, music news and new music of the month. And, uh, yeah, what else? Our new radio show I will be having. Uh, you always say it. I know I know. Uh, on the radio show, I mean, we do the uh, same interviews on there. But I play tons of music after. I mean, I talk and, you know, I mean, it, it, it is the interview's the same. But, like, afterwards is different from this. So, I mean, if you ever, you know, or you do want to listen to this interview again or whatever, you know, not that I'm trying to, like, turn you off of listening to the radio show. But uh, new radio shows every Friday night, 8 to 11 Eastern. And then replays Tuesday midnight to 3 Eastern and uh, that is on 107.9 WRFA in Jamestown, New York. You can stream the station at WRFALP.com as well as on the WRFA app. You just go to uh, just know it, not for Android, only for Apple, sadly. But uh, if you go to the App Store, just search uh, WRFA. You'll find it there. You can stream the station on there. Listen to my show and tons of other shows. Uh, give us a follow online at Power Chord Hour on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can email me, Power Chord Hour at 
gmail.com. Um, below there are uh, links if you want to donate to the uh, show. We don't have a Patreon or anything, and, and we really don't have uh, advertisers. We do every now and then. I'll I'll ha- I'll get like a little sponsor for an episode or two, but they're kind of few and far between, which is also kind of on me because to be completely honest, I'm terrible at uh, actually speaking of that too. Not only am I terrible at reaching out, uh, you know, like looking for that, but also on here uh, to remind you all that I mean, if you do have something to uh, you know, if you're looking, if you're like a brand or something, you're looking to uh, sponsor something, you know, hit me up. I mean, again, powercordhour@gmail.com because I'm not against having sponsors. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind. You know, the show does actually cost me money to do, so I wouldn't mind making. Uh, really, I mean, for most of it, will probably just go into show costs. So I mean, it's probably not even going really into my pocket to begin with. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you on the sponsor side, if you anything you want to sponsor, hit me up, powercordhour at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you just want to donate to the show um, below in the show notes, you will see the uh, link to my PayPal and my cash app. And uh, any, anything is uh, greatly appreciated. A dollar, any anything. I mean, I, I will appreciate it. So it helps, uh, you know, it helps this show not cost me so much goddamn money. But uh, I love doing it. So I'm going to keep doing it, even uh, even if it does cost me money. I, uh, I'm i too stupid to, to quit, I guess. I uh, The Power Chord Hour, the radio show, I mean, that uh, next month here is going to be turning seven. I've been doing that since 2016. So, I mean, yeah, I just don't know when to quit. But anyway, until next week, I'll be back with the uh, January 2023 rundown next week. But until then, for the Power Chord Hour, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you so much for listening. Circles getting nowhere fast And everyone keeps telling me to try and relax But you can keep it, don't want it I've been treading water, getting out of breath And I got nothing to get over my chest So you can keep it, don't want it You can keep it Well, I've been trying to find a Circus going out of town Anything to get you off of my back now You can keep it, don't want it I've been black and blue while you glow gold You know I never thought of your house my home So you can keep it, don't want it Yeah, you can keep it Well, I've been trying to find a Yeah.